Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Enlightened Empaths. We hope you're having a brilliant and happy, wonderful week. We have Jennifer Edwards back on the show to discuss some astrological trends that are coming up for us in the next couple of months. I think, Jennifer, one thing I'm really excited about is that there are no planets in retrograde right now. Yeah, it's very exciting. As a matter of fact, we've had all planets direct since February 3rd. So we're really enjoying this window of planting seeds, especially before the vernal equinox, which um, is coming on our doorstep, as a matter of fact. So for all of us, this is sort of a breath of fresh air to kind of uh, move forward with things especially after the energy that we had around December, the end of the year into January with Venus retrograde, Venus made uh, her yearly aspect, her yearly conjunction to Pluto. And while she was in retrograde, actually made that pass three times. So I'm sure all of us remember that energy that really brought in the values of what we want and need into our life. And then once we had that roadmap kind of unfold in front of us, we're gifted with this energy uh, until Pluto goes retrograde on April 29th. So this, this massive window is really moving forward in authenticity of what we want to attract into our life. So how has this period of all systems go been for you? I have been able to harness this amazing uh, Pisces energy that we're experiencing. We've had an ongoing stellium with Pisces. Pisces rules the 12th house of the Zodiac, which is dreams, cycles, uh, the subconscious. And so we're able to make dreams form into reality when we have a lot of energy here. So I have uh, utilized this time to really make space for allowing myself to wander, to allow myself to uh, move closer to things that light me up, not planning my days so much, but allowing myself to be attracted to what I want to do on a day-by-day basis. And the amount of inspiration and intuition that comes in on my next moves unfolds in front of me in that very process. I love that. And I love the way you explain it. I feel like it's been a time where we can kind of finish up old projects too and think about the future. It has felt a little bit lighter, which is really good. Yes. And especially when the sun is moving through Pisces, when you're looking at uh, the astrological signs uh, in terms of, of a life cycle, the astrological signs start in Aries. So that's our astrological new year, which is the beginning of the spring equinox. The sun moves into Aries. So during this period of time, we're making sense and processing from the last year and, you know, releasing what we've outgrown and embracing and stepping into our new selves, our new ambitions and our new projects as the sun moves into the the, the first house of the Zodiac into Aries. It's always fascinating how it correlates for people, too, that we're all feeling this has been a, a huge shift in what people at that I've brought this up a few times. It's like we have a foot where we've been and that doesn't quite fit and we're reaching out blindly. But now it seems like the light is getting a little brighter as far as, okay, here's your path. This is where we're going. Use these last this last little bit to clean up the residual stuff and start daydreaming again. Oh, absolutely. And with, with all of this concentrated energy in Pisces while the sun and Mercury move into Aries, this is going to give us 
uh, a platform to be able to really take those dreams and make them a reality. And this is really what this all systems go, all planets direct period is all about is making your dreams, dreams come true. And, you know, as Disney as that sounds, it's really possible. The power of Pisces energy has to do with, you know, having a dreamy concept. But then when we have a lot of our other planets and intellectual signs, we are looking at all the reasons why that can't manifest or that can't happen. But when we have a concentrated amount of energy in Pisces, those blocks don't exist. And then when we come right into Aries season, we're moving right into action. So it's from dreaming into action, which you know sets the stage for some beautiful stuff coming down the pike. And you know, with Jupiter conjunct Neptune, which by the way, we touched on the last time we all got together. Uh, the last time that happened was 1856. So this is a transit that happens 100 every 165 years. Jupiter is a 12-year revolution around the sun. So Jupiter and Pisces meet every 12 years, which is a gift in itself because we have to wait for this to happen every 12 years. Now, Neptune is the modern-day ruler of Pisces. We didn't discover Neptune until the 1800s. So Jupiter is the historical ruler of Sagittarius and Pisces. So the significance of these two planets that both rule Neptune being conjunct at 23 degrees Pisces exact on April 12th, the windows between the 8th and the 16th. This is this is a, a spiritual attunement for the for the for the uh, the collective. So we're starting to see people becoming more interested. And what does this look like for someone who is uh, really discovering their own gifts? and trying to discuss this with people around them. Often, you know, through our lives, uh, there's been a lot of resistance around the things that we've been discovering in energy form. And this is why we have formed little groups so we can talk about it with each other. We're going to find that that resistance is going to shift. And collectively, people are going to be more open to the deeper meaning of what uh, of what's going on around us, of what the meaning of life is. And I believe that that's going to bring a spiritual unity, which we definitely need during these times, and open up people's perspective to why and how we create our reality and how energy is so important. So this particular conjunction that's going to be exact on the 12th, but the window is from the 8th to the 16th of April, wherever 23 degrees Pisces lands in your chart is the subject matter of illumination. So we have 12 houses in the Zodiac wheel and each house has a subject matter. So this will be fun for your listeners to take a peek into your birth chart and see what house it lands in. If it's in your fifth house, it's going to be all about creativity, invoking the muse, getting outside of yourself and having no roadblocks and accessing your creativity. If this were in your 10th house of career, this would be dreaming big and really going after what it is your heart wants to do in this lifetime and how you want to be seen because this is also public accolades. If this was falling in your 12th house, for instance, this would be opening up your psychic window. The 12th house is one of the psychic houses of the Zodiac. It's ruled by Pisces. This is the ability to, you know, really get into your own subconscious to open up to and access a higher divinatory energy. But for all of us as a collective, this is really going to make us be aware that there's something else going on in front of us rather than 
what's happening right tangibly in front of our eyes. That's really important because I feel like so much is up in the air and confusing right now. And we don't know what's going on with world events. And you're making it sound like some of that might become pretty clear. I think so. As uh, the three of us had discussed uh, a couple of years ago with uh, the United States chart, in, in particular with Pluto uh, conjunct Pluto, the Pluto return. And that's going to be active. It, it was exact. Um, in February, but that's going to be active uh, until 2023. And the really the way to look at that energy is that Pluto brings things to the surface so we can address it and we can clear it away. So if we look at the underbelly of things going on, things are coming to light to be brought to the, the justice of truth. Pluto in, in the tarot is the judgment card. So if we think about it in those terms, it makes a lot of sense about what is going on right now. Now with the astrological aspect of Jupiter conjunct Neptune, when we combine these two, it's almost like a massive awakening, not just for the United States because Pluto return is happening in our chart, but this collective energy of Jupiter conjunct Neptune is having a stronger connection to the very thread that ties us together without sounding corny being love. Because in my philosophy, I believe that we are born from the very fabric of the universe, which I believe is the, is the resonance or vibration of love. And as soon as we're born, we're vibrating from this energy. We have to learn fear. We have to learn protection. We have to learn anger. You know, all of those things are not inherent in us. They're all protection mechanisms. And here we are in our lives when all we're trying to do is get back to that fabric that we were born into and, and vibrate from that original resonance, when really our lifespan is coming from that resonance, figuring out and stripping away layers, and then ending and returning to that resonance of love and the fabric of the universe. So really, our journeys, when we look at it, is trying to reconnect to our home, which is the vibration of love. Oh, that's beautifully said. Thank you for explaining it that way. Have you looked at America's chart and compared it to during the revolutionary times when we had this Pluto situation last time and seen similarities? Well, the similarity between, you know, you know with, with Pluto being returned, uh, there it, Pluto is in the exact place that it was when we signed the Declaration of Independence. So the other planets aren't necessarily in the same place. However, we think of things as revolution, right? We think of um, standing up for our rights, standing up for what is fair. If we look back to that time in our history books, we are looking at uh, the British government that basically took the settlers and working them to the bone for their own self-gain, right? Uh, we can also go back to when Pluto return happened in Rome's chart which is when uh, the fall of Rome happened, the fall of Caesar happened. And this has to do when the powers that be uh, are creating something, perhaps, you know, you can look at it in different ways, but it, everything gets filtered to the surface so we can see what, what is actually happening. And then we have the strength and fervitude to change on an individual level, on a nationwide level, uh, and, you know, ultimately on a global level. Uh, this has to do with, you know, self-preservation of uh, our spirit, our wills, but also 
uh, keeping keeping our government accountable to protect us and use the resources that we pay into the government to support us and make sure that that all of this is above board. Wait, if I'm understanding you right, the the two times you mentioned that Pluto had its return was when the Roman Empire fell and when the British Empire started to have some dings in it. So yes, could this possibly point to not American democracy falling, but maybe Russia getting some dings or something well, like that? Well, Russia. So Russia's chart is different than America's chart. But to look to look at the same energy in those two events between um, between the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the fall of Rome, Rome fell because of the fact that uh, that the government became completely overrun with people that wanted power, power hungry. And so when power and ego come become involved and things are run from power and ego, we start to see the dissolution of power and ego, which is uh, Pluto's main and primary purpose. Back to the, the two instances, if we look at the American Revolution versus uh, the fall of Rome, the connection to the people it was dissolved because the ego got too overwhelming, got too strong. And so I think that in terms of what can we expect in the United States with this Pluto return, I feel like this is a very positive aspect because we can get back to grassroots. We look at how much money is being thrown into our government from outside sources uh, that really have nothing to do with politics, but you know, somehow through fiduciary means, are, are kind of calling the shots to the lawmakers. So I have a feeling that uh, th- this will bring out, scale everything back to basic grassroots. I, as far as I can remember, the last time we had a grassroots president was Jimmy Carter. You know, that was back in the 70s. And it's interesting because looking back at that time, we were having a, a gas crisis. Uh, we were having a global economy issues. And it kind of is a little bit similar to that time. But what we can expect out of this energy is to really unite as a country, uh, which I think is something that over the last 10 or 15 years has been has been lacking. And I feel that through COVID and, uh, you know, the great awakening of, uh, you know, our souls, basically, what do we want to do with our lives with the period of time in quarantine? I think that's really changed our perspective and purpose on how we want to leave this country to future generations. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. Another side shoot of this, aren't we also having similar energy to when the spiritualist movement was really coming into its own, people were opening up to spirit. People were having seances. They were, isn't there a connection there as well? Because I think everything that you're saying is so poignant, important, incredibly important, but there's also to, to counteract with that awakening of people are feeling that stronger connection with earth energy, with healing, with connection with spirit, with the other side. Do you feel that there's a similarity with that as well? Absolutely. If, if we look at the time frame, the last time that Jupiter and Neptune were both occupying Pisces, uh, it was the period of time between 1847 and 1862. And although there have been connections to spirit and awakenings, this was a renaissance period of uh, no boundaries, being opened to all possibilities uh, through spiritual, you know, through spirituality, through art, 
through um, expression and music, tapping into the muse. With what we're going through right now, it, I think what, what we're finding is that we're moving out of the confines of waking up, going to work, and coming home and doing that, the rat race and doing that over and over again. And finally waking up and saying, there has to be more to this life than this. There has to be a deeper meaning than this. There's no way that, that, that we've come to existence to just be on a schedule day in and day out without having a deeper meaning. And so these energies are really awakening people who have been there, have had their nose to the grindstone to kind of alert them and open up to, oh my goodness, I, I am special. I have a higher purpose. I have a higher meaning because we all do. So it's sort of a wake up call to honor, you know, what it is that you're here for and, and the powerful potent process of going down that golden road of discovery of what that is. That's incredible. It's hopeful. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I'm, I've been very excited. I Pisces season is interesting for me because for all of us as a collective, it, it rules the 12th house. So it's the last sign of the Zodiac before we're born into this cardinal fire sign of uh, Aries, this spunky solar plexus energy. So when we have all this planetary activity in Pisces, you know, we're having vivid dreams. We are kind of uh, disconnected from our bodies. Grounding is, is important during that time. So I all, you know, I, I'm one of those people who has, I have to work on grounding myself quite a bit. So this energy is amplified. So for all of us, you know, it's almost as if over the last, I don't know, maybe Two or three weeks, especially since Mercury has been in Pisces, we're opening ourselves up and getting ready to really discover our own paths over the next three months, moving into one of the exciting things that's happening this summer that happens uh, about every 19 years, the lunar node, the north node, it entered into Taurus uh, in January, but it will be in conjunction with Uranus. And when we look at Uranus, Uranus is the higher vibration of Mercury. Mercury is our communication planet. It's our comprehension planet. Mercury is the winged messenger. So we always think of air when we think of Mercury. So it moves rather quickly. Now, if Uranus is the higher vibration of that, this is electricity. This is uh, harnessing information from another place. This is like lightning. So we have flashes of brilliance. So when we have the lunar node, conjunct Uranus, which will be exact on July 31st at 18 degrees Taurus, we will attract people and lessons in our lives that encourage us to, det to detach from traditions, those traditions that keep us from growing. So we can see teachers coming in. We can see ideas coming in. The North Node is about our life's purpose. And wherever the North Node is located subsequently is where the eclipses are occurring. And so we are experiencing our eclipse season, which is coming up shortly. Uh, this year in 2022, our eclipse season will land in spring and fall. And the spring, we will have our very first partial solar eclipse in Taurus at 10 degrees Taurus. This will be four degrees away from Uranus. So we can expect a highly charged new beginning. So if anyone is looking to looking for a date to launch something, if you're, if you're unable to launch anywhere between the uh, Jupiter conjunct Neptune window, which is the eighth through the 16th of 
April, look at April 30th uh, because the 10 degree solar eclipse is so close to Uranus that it's going to be supercharged. This will bring in events that will change the course of your direction. So it, it, it changes courses to kind of recalibrate us into our soul's purpose. There's always energy that takes us and redirects us back to our course plan, especially if we meander down a lesson or a cycle, we have the opportunity for the universe to kind of pick us up and put us right back on our path. This is also the opportunity to call in great amounts of manifestation. This is a wonderful manifestation moon. And then following that on May 15th, we will be experiencing a total lunar eclipse in Scorpio at 25 degrees. This total lunar eclipse, for those of you who manifest with the moon, to begin with, the Scorpio full moon is the most is the strongest manifestation moon of the year always. Uh, as a matter of fact, in Tibet, Mount Kailas, I believe I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but, but Mount Kailas, uh, in the Himalayan mountains is the crown chakra of the world. Okay. And every year for the Scorpio full moon, they have the Scorpio full moon, uh, meditation festival. Everybody comes there to meditate at the crown chakra of the world. Now take that energy and then make it a total lunar eclipse. This is going to be some immense energy to really change your dynamic to propel you into all of the dreams that we've been coming up with over this period of All Planets Direct and harness that energy in manifesting. And for those of you who are new to manifesting with the moon or have some apprehensions around it, this is a good one to really dip your toe in because the results are very fast. With this particular total lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 15th, we really want to look back to the new moon in Scorpio on November 15th of 2021. Anything started at that time will come to fruition uh, during the lunar eclipse in May. So, so we look at things starting, things transforming, um, you know, a, a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Endings aren't necessarily abrupt endings. There are course corrections. So we, we always know that we're divinely supported when we're uh, leading in honesty. And that's really what the universe wants us to do is strip away layers of inauthenticity and show up as our authentic selves. And so these energetic, these energetic things that happen uh, support us in doing that. As we move into this cycle, it's going to be about values vs. true self. Taurus is very much values. Why do you value the things that you value? Do you value them for validation or, or are these things that truly make you feel safe? And then Scorpio is looking at our wounding, our true inner self that makes us reach out for validation. So when we're working with the Taurus Scorpio axis, by the time we're done with this in October, 2023, it really gives us the opportunity to look at our shadow side, which in this case is Scorpio. That's where the South node is located currently and understanding perhaps maybe our trauma or things in our subconscious that make us create and want the things on the outside that really aren't that important. During this period of time, we're really going to be looking at, you know, our resources, what's important to us, whether we are acting in a dis disposable society. We've seen trending where uh, we're not using as much plastic, which I think is fantastic. I mean, look at the world stage we, where we have fuel prices through the roof. We're starting to look at alternative ways uh, for energy. And, and because 
Taurus is a, is is an earth sign and our our attention is really looking at our renewable resources and Uranus is also calling attention to that area as well. Okay, so that sounds like a very powerful moon people need to focus on. That eclipse energy, don't they usually last for a couple of months? I know you said it'll manifest quickly, but will we have that energy with us for a while? We will. That energy will carry us into the summer. As a matter of fact, through personal study, I have always found that especially people who are empathic and very sensitive, we start to feel these eclipses. uh, It's usually about a month window. So uh, those of us right now when this airs will have can already feel a heighten in our senses. Uh, So we will be feeling this specifically uh, about a month prior to a month after. So so the window uh, would be um, March 30th to uh, June 15th would be the the big window. But it, it gives us the energy for the next six months where we will have our next set of eclipses later in the fall. Uh, in late October and November. And we will be experiencing a total uh, lunar eclipse in Taurus in uh, October. So that energy will be carried out through, throughout the summer. We, t- we feel it throughout the year, um, but it's the heaviest or the most potent, I should say, uh, about a-, a month prior to a month after. Okay. And what can we expect in that lunar eclipse in Taurus in the fall? The lunar eclipse in Taurus is going to be a culmination from the solar eclipse on April 30th. So the lunar eclipse in Taurus, uh, whatever you have started around April 30th, uh, like I said, it's going to be the, the solar eclipse will be conjunct Uranus. So there's a lot of powerful energy to make your dreams become real. And whatever is started during this time is going to sort of come to to fruition in the fall. This is a wonderful time to really work on, you know, what are your values? What are important to you? What makes you feel good? Why does it make you feel good? Um, And, you know, really allowing yourself to do the things that move you rather than doing things that placate others, doing things that uh, validate you to others. So this is really a coming into our own and receiving gifts in that very action. This is a lot of energy coming in, Jen. Yeah. When you have, when you have the axis of Taurus and Scorpio, Taurus is earth. Taurus is a fixed sign. It doesn't like to move. And so these eclipses are making movement. Uh, so that can that that can you know make a lot of people feel a little uneasy because we want to stick to the things that we've held closely, but maybe weren't working for us because they give us a, a sense of security that is a false sense of security. Scorpio is fixed; it's a fixed water sign. It's fixed emotions. So we're looking at grudges and judgments, things that we hold on to that no longer serve us and actually change the energy that we're putting out around us. So there's a tremendous healing around our our internal emotional body and our external uh, receiving body in this axis. Whenever we have eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio, there is a movement towards release. And that's really hard for these signs to do, but it's liberating for them. And that's a part of their growth. Pluto rules Scorpio. Pluto is about death and rebirth, death of the ego, uh, death of control and rebirth, acceptance of the unknown. And so Taurus is very much about security. And why do we have security? Because if we have secure measures in place, we don't fear 
the unknown. So this, this is going to open us up quite a bit. I'm really excited for it. I can tell. And it, so basically, this is a great time to clean up the residual things that have been holding us back from fully stepping into what we really feel we came here to do or would like to do. And this window of opportunity that's going to open up in April could be a time to really plant those seeds and start to manifest what we've been longing for potentially for quite a while. Yes. And you'll find that this will make the process of living in the present a lot easier. So when we're living in the future, that hasn't happened yet. And of course, when we're in the past, that has already happened. So we're we're not, we're not creating our future. We create our future by living directly in the present. And so this energy that we're coming into over this window is really about not worrying uh, whether or not what you're doing now is going to create something in the future, but rather really being in the joy of being in the now and in the creation of the now which is very Taurian. We grow things in earth energy, but Taurus wants to be in the future and create security. So this energy that we're having with, uh, you know, Jupiter conjunct Neptune, the eclipses coming up, and especially the all planets direct uh, until April 29th, it's really going to allow us to, to be in the present for creation. And it's going to be authentic creation, which I'm very, very excited about. Okay. And can you walk us through the Mercury retrograde that's coming up in the summer, right? Is it May or June? We actually, so this year we have four retrogrades, but what's really great about these retrogrades is that we're moving out of Mercury retrograde from Mercury retrograde happened during air signs, which are our communication signs. So that was pretty hard because it's our communication and our comprehension in our uh, element of communication and comprehension. This year, Mercury retrograde will be moving back and forth between starting an air sign, but then moving into earth and then at the end being an earth sign. So we're going to be moving from air, which is overthinking and communicating into earth, which is looking at our security finances and our structure, meaning, you know, how do we create security? The very first Mercury retrograde of the year we, we just experienced uh, that, em- that ended on February 3rd. We will go into our next Mercury retrograde on May 10th, and that'll move uh, through until June 2nd. That'll be in Gemini and Taurus. The third one of the year will be September 9th, and that'll end on October 2nd. We'll feel that in Libra and Virgo. And then uh, finally, the last one of the year, it squeaks in just by a hair. Uh, It starts on December 29th and it ends on January 18th, 2023. But this will be our first full retrograde in uh, in an Earth sign. Now, that's not the only planet to retrograde. Obviously, our, our, our outer planets retrograde up to six months during the course of the year, but uh, Mars will be in retrograde this year as well. And this occurs every two years. Last time we experienced this was September of 2019 and Mars retrograde will occur from October 30th all the way through until uh, January 12th of 2023. This will occur in the sign of Gemini. It'll start at 25 degrees and then uh, resume in direct uh, at eight degrees Gemini. So for all of us out there who who are looking to gain momentum and get things going, uh, what I would suggest is, is, is use the energy now, the, the window before 
April 29th to get those seeds planted, get things started. And then from the 29th until, uh, until the solstice on the 21st of June, water those plants and water them through the summer. You'll start to get things, doors opening that are going to help certain things grow in your life that you plant seeds for. Uh, Have all of this sort of happening before we have Mars retrograde, because when Mars retrogrades, this is really looking back at where we're applying our energy and why we're applying our energy there. So it's a redirective of energy application. Well, I think that this is a whole lot to think about. I really do. But it also is very hopeful in the sense of people have been doing their personal work. We've been doing the work as a collective, even though the world may be upside down right now, everything that you're sharing is saying, this is a way for us to step more fully back into our own essence and strength and path, which again, I think is, is a precursor to coming together as, as societies is we have to get our own shit together before we can work together as a team. Absolutely. It's, it's the ripple effect. Yeah. You know, it's the, uh, it's the mandala effect. Uh, Whenever, whenever we work on ourselves and deeply connect with our source, whatever, whatever our source may be, then that ripples out to the environment around us. We inspire people just in the very action of uh, living in love, living in our purpose and um, living in the present. Are there any, major things coming up this summer that we didn't hit upon? I would say that, uh, you know, the yearly aspect of sun opposing Pluto, uh, we, Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. Pluto takes a long time to move with its retrogrades. So uh, every year since 2008, we experience a sun conjunction uh, in Capricorn season. And then we experience um, a sun opposition in cancer season. So this is kind of an, uh, a check-in of, of ego, of control. Like, what are we holding on to that we don't really need, you know? And so uh, we always find this to be a strong time of letting go, uh, of uh, letting things go and rising like the phoenix from the ash. So we always, the rebirth times, um, which can often be a struggle uh, for some of us, uh, We'll see that this summer around July 19th, which is the opposition of the sun and Pluto. But this is a really, whenever we work with Pluto energy and solar energy, this is an alchemizing time to really stand in your power, in your authenticity, and allow yourself to really rebuild structures that are solid. And uh, that's why uh, any kind of aspect of Pluto seems unnerving. But in the end, it's always correcting course for our highest and best. That sounds a little challenging, though. It sounds like you're giving it a positive spin, but. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could look at. So, again, in tarot, Pluto, uh, Pluto rules the uh, judgment card. So when when we're moving through in authenticity and honesty and, and, and purpose, then, uh, you know, there's rewards for that, right? If, if, we're, if we're moving in a way that's, say, a little undermining or maybe perhaps in a way that uh, is, you know, looking for power or control, these aspects kind of 
give us a little knock and kind of don't allow that behavior to continue. So it's also, it's always a personal reflection. I always say the people who sleep the best at night are the ones that are honest, you know, honesty, honesty of self and truth is always the way to be, you know, these aspects that are really tough, never really impact people along this path in a negative way. Uh, because uh, it just enhances uh, what they're what they're uh, what they're here to do. If that makes sense, their destiny, so to speak. And the truth always comes out. That's why it's better yeah. just to always be honest, right? The truth always comes out, and you can thank Pluto and Uranus for that. Cheers on that. <laughs> so, are you most excited for this lunar eclipse in Scorpio? Oh, I am so excited for this lunar eclipse in Scorpio. As a matter of fact, I am going to try uh, in 2023 before these end to make it to the crown chakra of the earth to, to meditate. That's how excited I am about this. I am a lunar Scorpio. So my natal moon is in Scorpio. And I always find this to be the time where I could really dig deep and uh, write down all of my dreams and aspirations and create ceremony around that and let it go into the universe and know that what is in alignment with myself will show up. And with this moon, we are so connected. The veils are so thin during the, during the period of uh, the moon in Scorpio and the sun in Scorpio, you know, soup to nuts. You can write down your order to the universe and uh, burn that paper, forget that it ever happened. And it's really funny. The, uh, the gifts that start coming in. That's exciting. And that sounds like an amazing goal to get there. So tell people where they can find you and some things that are coming up for you. Sure. Uh, as always, you can find me on my website, which is uh, thankgoddess.org. And um, I'm also on Patreon. I have a Patreon group called the Moon Lodge. Uh, the Patreon group is where you'll find astrology and tarot wisdom. And it also gives you access to our private community and on our Facebook page. And that's where you'll find live daily practice, where we'll have movement. What's exciting is I've partnered up with uh, Michelle Moody, who is a yoga practitioner. And we're now moving through the signs starting uh, in Aries season, where we're moving through the solar plexus and the 30-day uh, movement challenge to move along with the astrological energy. So we'll be moving through the signs, through movement, through chakras, as well as through houses. So if, if you've ever wanted to experience astrology slowly, like it's not coming at you really fast in time, this is a really good way to do that. Uh, that's on Patreon forward slash Moon Lodge. And I've also launched my online instant download class of my, my beginner's astrology uh, audio and uh, handouts. And that can be found on my website as well as on Instagram at thank goddess underscore. So it's thank underscore goddess in my link tree. You can find all of my services there. Star Medicine Podcast will be making a return this spring around eclipse season. So if you're looking to find up-to-date info and some astrology wisdom, look for that on Spotify and iTunes. Well, too bad you're not a little bit more busy, you know? Well, we wish you a better calendar. <laughs> That's a lot going on. All right. We will post those links in our show notes. And thank you again, as always, for joining us and just illuminating us and giving us some ideas for how we can be co-creators and manifest with these changes and always, always giving us hope. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a pleasure as always. It's so much fun to, to talk about this with you folks. 
Always a pleasure. I'm so damn grateful you wandered into Leaping Lizards that day. Oh my God. You know what? I talk about you all the time. I talk about how we met each other all the time. We don't know that story. (laughs) You don't know that? Oh, I thought we shared that story. I was doing readings at a metaphysical store and Jen came in and that's how we met. And it just was like instant connection and the doors opened. And if someone had told me then that we would have this, this amazing situation now, I would have thought, wow, that's interesting thought, but it's amazing. It was really, it was really interesting because I actually went back, of course, and looked at the astrology and um, and uh, I met you right when Uranus was on my MC, my midheaven. And so uh, what's interesting is that, that that brings in the great teachers. And so, Ooh. you know, uh, meeting you, Denise, really allowed me, it validated the things that I that I felt I needed to do and what I, and what I wanted to do in this lifetime but through prior conditioning and judgment felt was just a hobby and didn't bring safety and security. And, uh, it was, it was actually during the Scorpio Taurus eclipse cycle, believe it or not, where, you know, the attachment to, um, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing versus what my sole purpose is, you know, you really held space for that. Oh, forever grateful for that. Seriously. Love you to death. Well, I love you too. And high five to spirit on opening that door literally and figuratively yeah. when you came in that day because it it's impacted a lot of people along the road. So isn't you know, it and, wonderful when you just feel that instant connection with someone? Oh is. my goodness. Oh yeah. You know, so I, I actually, I, I think Denise and I met each other in Freeport and then she was spending time in Portland and this was, you, you're still a school teacher, Denise. Yeah. And you were, you were doing that. And I just, it was, it was just this instant connection. You're just an amazing human being, Denise, or spirit, spirit dresses a human. Well, Well, that same spirit had me sit down next to Samantha in New Jersey. And so, I mean, I trust when you're being nudged someplace, follow the, follow the breadcrumbs because you're going to meet some amazing, amazing, wonderful people to share your journey with. Oh my God. You know, what am I, I really, at some point, Samantha, I, I would really love to meet you in person. So hopefully we can manifest that happening where, you know, we can all travel freely and, and, uh, and effortlessly and have some wonderful sort of event happen where we all get to serendipitously meet each other. Oh, well, let's plan on it. I love it. Yes. And with some of these cool trends coming up this summer, maybe we can make that happen. I would love to have that happen. <laughs> well, we wish all of you serendipitous meetings with your own spiritual tribe as well this week. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.